Bob, can you make sure all the level of lights are flashing on that? What? On are we screen. recording? Yeah, we're recording. Hello. Recording. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Aaron, can you do the pirate impression? Yar. Yeah. All right. I'm really turned down, but that's okay. <laughs> because you're the loudest out of all of us. Well, not too much. I think it'll be fine. It'll be fine! Just get back in your tunnel. I'll get in my tunnel. I get one more rye crisp. Please don't eat that into the microphone. That's his mic. <laughs> It'll be easier to know which one is his next week. It's the one that smells like Chex Mix the most. <laughs> I have the giant one. I know that. Yeah, you need it. I can't help it. I don't know. Like a mouse voice. Nice coaster. <laughs> I feel like it could still detect a fire. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Just way too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it's where you're at, so I mean, it's maybe too late for the house. Not too late for you. Have you had a look at this place? Fire <laughs> <laughs> would be a fresh start. Mm. Our porch is slanting to one side. Is it? Oh, that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> In Chicago. That's yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> we just have to fill it with a bunch of fucking assholes and see what happens. <laughs> we don't have parties here anymore. Wait, what? You're just going to set that up? And just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, on the program, it was a triple axle. But <laughs> you just did. Double lutz. No, I just did a kickflip. He did, just like, just I'm going to do this The instead. single klutz. The illegal backflip. <laughs> what I would like to do, if I ever became a figure skater, is invent a move called the Bob... The, like the bobcat or the cougar or something, something with a like a cat association. Where I would, yeah, <laughs> I would build up a lot of speed and then slide across the ice on my knees towards the judges and then just like growl and hiss at them until the program ends. Okay, I thought you were going somewhere different with the bobcat. <laughs> no, we call it the wildcats then. Okay, it's not associated with the co-host. We're all co-hosting. What are we co-hosting? What is this called? What are we doing? You're listening to Aaron Rose has never seen it. I'm Aaron Rose. <laughs> 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 oh my god, the look you just gave me. <laughs> you need to put on sunglasses. <laughs> 
What was the rest of your name? <laughs> um, when you told me earlier you're gonna be underneath a blanket. I meant all of it. I had no idea. Um I am Aaron Rose. Who are you? I'm very hungover, Nick Souter. At 10 p.m. at night. It's been a long day. Happy birthday, Silvana. Happy birthday, Mom. If you're listening. And I'm Bob. And I'm Bob. Wow. if you're listening to this podcast, thank you for not calling about how hungover I was at your birthday lunch. I used all of my mental capacity to hold it together. Or like all day. Yeah. <clears throat> Did all day. How's Petey doing? He's the best. You want to see a photo? Did he lick your ears? I think that the podcast universe would love to see a photo. Oh, just post it on our page. And I'll look at it there. I'm showing you What is that? It's Petey. Yeah, he's a beagle. That's the ear licker. He's a total ear licker. Only if your name is Nick, though. (laughs) Yeah, I watched a dog this weekend and it bit me in the wrist. Mm. And barked at me. But it's still the it's a it's the sweetest girl in the world with temporary violent insanity she just hates men yeah who doesn't yeah i don't yeah i don't blame her no hold on just tell me where they are just rip some pages out of that notebook (laughs) (laughs) this is a russian chick who is this is this korea uh, yes. Ooh. We're watching figure skating. Well, she just sold it on me. South Korea. Yeah, I mean, the North Koreans don't have All to compete Greek because squares. back home they already got the gold. Yeah. Past the demilitarized zone. All right. Mm. Anyway. I love that, that they have a demilitarized zone. Actually, it's it's a terrible thing, but, like, I love the aesthetic of the phrase demilitarized zone. It could be so many terrible punk albums. <laughs> it does sound like a <laughs> yeah. terrible punk album. What would the name of your punk band be that put out that album? Sector uh. 7. <laughs> <laughs> You're totally right. Yeah, I know. It'll be Sector 7. This is our next album, Sector 7, Demilitarized Zone. Oh, God. They're both vague references to places that may or may not exist. You keep showing this broad falling down while doing the triple axel. Doesn't it kind of make you feel better about life, though? About sitting in a chair? Yeah. I fucking nailed this. Yeah. <laughs> Just lean back. <laughs> lean back. I'm, I'm not going to get too um, relaxed about it because I still might fall on the chair again. Yeah. 
But the way that you put well. that blanket <laughs> draped all over yourself. Thank you. It's it was a work of art. Kind of looks like a toga. You kind of look like a Botticelli chick, actually, right now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. With my Payless slippers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was going to say five below, but... <laughs> you obviously These were $9, all right? These were $9. All right, maybe we should turn figure skating off. <laughs> Figure skating isn't my problem right now. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it back to life. You want some caffeine gum? No. (laughs) (laughs) This has become your solution to every problem since we recorded that episode. Well, it's not a terrible... I haven't had any yet tonight. Hmm. I'm busting into it. Yeah, when you drove us home after we recorded um, The Phantom Threat. No More Americans, by the way. Um, No, the Russians are going to fucking smoke us. Everyone. Everyone. (laughs) Not just us. We were, uh, after we recorded Phantom Thread, we were driving home in that fucking snowstorm. It was crazy everywhere. Mm -hmm. I literally scared the shit out of of me because I, like, was just holding my rear iris with dear life. (laughs) And we're driving, and then this fucking Bob just starts popping the caffeine gum (laughs) (laughs) somewhere after 57 turns into 9094. I was like, you did not get any on the ground. He goes, yeah. (laughs) He's popping them. I can't see a goddamn thing. (laughs) Yeah, couldn't see shit. (sighs) It was really fucking snowing when you guys left. And I, I, I like, didn't, like, clean my uh, windshield wiper off. I and noticed that. You just like <laughs> got in the car and Glenn started or Nick started cleaning the car off. Yeah, I didn't clean shit off. So like And then the I like handed him your like pants in. There was like two inch like a two inch arc that I could see through. Oh my god, Robert. He did a great job and Well like, you guys got home safely. Yeah. And um I stopped myself in the when I wanted to Google it. Fuck. Not Anne. I'm so hungover. Not Anne Frank. The other one. I don't know what you're going for right now. Uh, you're, you're going for extra terrible. No. I yeah. Right. What's the other one? Are you talking about Amber Alerts? I'm like, where are you going with this? Oh, Helen Keller. Um, (laughs) How is that related at all? Because they're... I don't know. I confuse the two sometimes. Nicholas hates women, in case you haven't been listening to our past podcast. (sighs) But I... I don't think that's true, but I'm also a dude. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. Nick doesn't hate women. <laughs> we just plugged in the town because he's hungover. What about all the other times she's said that and I wasn't hungover? Mm. 
I've asked you why you hate women. I didn't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you just told me I did after Blade no, Runner. That was the lost episode. Yes. Anyways, I didn't want to Google it before we got back because I was afraid we might crash if I Googled it. But after we got Bob dropped me off, I told him he must be Annie Sullivan because he's a miracle worker. That's how it connects. You did send me a text message yeah. that said he was yeah. a miracle worker. Yes. I just sometimes confuse Anne Frank for Helen Keller. They okay. both did incredible things despite great adversity. Okay. One survived, though. I mean, they're both dead now. I hate women. I think the last thing that you said was the least offensive. Yeah. (laughs) To get people listening. Huh? (laughs) Let's get our viewership up. Oh, God. Our viewership. I'm having a (laughs) rough day. (laughs) No matter how rough your day is. Not as bad as the workers at the jewel we went to. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> it was oh, the, the jewel fun- over by there. Yeah, over yeah. by there on the Elston there. <laughs> they were the funkiest looking night crew I've ever seen. <laughs> like I said, this in the car. They all got hit with the ugly stick, but it was like a fucking um, croquet mallet or something. It was insane. <laughs> it was so rough. Oh my god. I'm so sad that we didn't go into like the aisle like one over to the guy with like the bitch and mullet. Oh yeah. There was one dude in So good. He had a straight up like I loved Metallica in the eighties mullet. Oh with yeah. A pencil thin creepy mustache. We got rung up by a bowl cut who wasn't old enough to bring up the alcohol, so he called for twenty one and came <laughs> over like I don't know, like, he was, I'd call him a caveman, but it's an insult to cavemen. He just, like, <laughs> walked over, he's, excuse me, excuse me, excuse move me. Move your get, cart. Move your cart. I need to get through. Walks up, how's it going? And Aaron's like, um, good, how are you? He goes, ID. And he just, like, slams the numbers, scans it, and then move your cart. He was wearing a shirt that was, like, Probably once white, but now is the color of that. Yeah. His entire shirt was the, the armpit stain. Stained armpits from sweating too much. That had like taken over the whole shirt. Yeah. That was the manager. That was the manager. His shirt was like one of those maps for the tracking of pandemics. So it was just like <laughs> near the bottom of the shirt was like the last place that's not like taken over by the sweat stain. And then when Aaron was in the bathroom, I was just wandering around the fucking you beer went to aisle. the bathroom at the jewel? Where, she, met, where she heard one of her new friends. Oh, but, my God. I can't believe I encountered her twice. She, go ahead. Oh, there was, like, a woman in front of us who, for some reason, like, took, like, forever to check out. I don't know what was happening. I was trying not to pay attention. But, like, three people went through the yeah. line next she to us. yelling at Bullcut about her car. She did. You have to answer the questions, miss. You have to answer the questions, ma'am. It says something. I haven't put my card in yet. Yeah. Um, but, like, I encountered her. <laughs> hey, look, it's... We're sorry, real poo. quick. It's 
Lindsay Vaughn, who got a bronze medal. It looks like she stepped in shit. Um, but yeah, I like first encountered this woman in the bathroom, and while I was in there, she was just like having a whole conversation with herself about how she was fucking done with it. <laughs> She's like, I'm not fucking around anymore. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. When Aaron was in the bathroom, I was just milling around the beer section, the alcohol section. I didn't tell Aaron this in the car, but I just stopped, randomly would stop and start like playing drums very poorly on cans of beer. And the That's worker, what you were doing when uh, I came out. Yeah. No, when you came out, I was scratching my neck like a heroin addict. Oh, you were. Um, That's accurate. There was this person who was stocking booze. I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman until she came up to me and she goes, too many choices for you, huh? I was like... You know, my friend's in the bathroom. I don't want to make the wrong choice. Well, we couldn't have you doing that now, could we? <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. It's just fucking Audrey Hepburn over here. It's fucking crazy. Catherine. Yes, even better. Theater student that works at Jewel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's like Going 75. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't have you making the right choice now, could we? We get my big break in the talkies. <laughs> Moving pictures, see? <laughs> Lauren Bacall taught me how to drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It was just a. It was a shit show. Weird experience. And then there was a. There was a man who talked to you when you're getting your Topo Chico yeah. box. I was grabbing my Topo Chico. I was grabbing my Topo Chico 12-pack, and this the, the bagger from the next checkout came over, and he's like a, he's either in his 40s or 50s, like a middle-aged, balding black man with what was left of a fro on the side and the back, and he just walks in and goes, yeah, no, 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 I was like, what? Yes? Okay. I hope him and Catherine Hepper hook up. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't. The uh, mullet dude took the cake for me. <laughs> he was like making hard eyes at me at one point, and I'm like. Because <laughs> he wanted you to be like, you're Dave Mustaine's illegitimate child, right? Oh god. That's all he wanted you to notice. He Ooh. thought you would know. It was very uncomfortable. That's why I kept like turning around and looking at the candy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he was like looking at you and then he would turn around and look at the candy. No, I would turn around and look at the candy <laughs> because he was like making hard eyes at me and I'm like, ooh. Very uncomfortable. Well, because we were standing there for like five minutes at least. Yeah, your bathroom buddy didn't know how to use the credit card machine. Fucking done with it. I'm going back to cash. I'm done with it. I like. <laughs> I'm not sure what was going on there. Is there a credit card machine in there? In that bathroom? <laughs> Pay toilets. <laughs> Pay toilets. There's. Sh- they should be. <laughs> I pooped in that bathroom before. You also told me, I asked if there were, like, bathrooms in there. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's down there and to the left. And no, I, like, I, went down and to the left. It was in the middle, like, right? <laughs> no, it was to the right. Yeah. 
way to the right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know where they were. I was real enthusiastic about it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were. Yeah. And I just, like, blindly, like, followed your directions. Sorry. And I thought if I sold it well, bathrooms would just appear. That'd be great. What a wonderful life that would be. I mean... That's oh, that's the superhero movie we should write. Bathrooms appear everywhere. <laughs> or like, Aaron could be uh, Marvel Universe's Lady Commode. Wherever she needs a bathroom, like a private bathroom, it disappears. She can't like stop any sure. crimes or anything. But pretty sure it's called just being a dude. That's not a superpower. That's not a superpower. No. It's I usually just, a, I, That's how I am. I like peeing outside. You've peed outside my apartment more than... Well, I think since we started doing the podcast, you've been peeing inside a lot more, but you used to just... Yeah. You literally just be like, can I go pee in your alley? I'm like, dude, just... The bathroom's right there. It is. It's closer than, than outside. Yeah. <laughs> but... Once it's warm again, though, there's no stopping yeah, you. once it's warm again, I'll be like, yeah, I'm gonna go have a cigarette, and it's cool if I pee outside, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, and you don't have to say anything now, because I don't go outside to smoke with you. You're just going to be fucking dick out, cigarette burning. Fuck wild. Yeah. Rim two. Oh, God. Garbage. We got uh, posters uh, for Pacific Rim two at the robot shop. Uh, of course. Today. They want to give us all sorts of free swag. And I'm, like, all about it. Like, we always get contacted by these, like, vaguely robot movies. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, are like, hey, can you give these out for your workshops? Like, to, like, 13 to 15-year-olds? And I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, we got these posters. And I'm like, what kind of swag you got? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, you know, we'll send the posters first. And then... Um, you know, like afterwards, then like once we get the swag and like the, uh, you know, the confirmations for like the partners, then we'll send out the uh, like the, the swag. swag. <laughs> but they don't use. The, I use the word swag. They, right. They of use course. like a more professional word, like the the promotional propaganda, items. promotional items. You know, it's like once we get like you know the confirmation with the partners, then we'll send out the promotional items. And I'm like, what you got? You got like water bottles? And like, because <laughs> <laughs> all I want is like everybody, like everybody at the robot shop just wants free shit. Well, of course. <laughs> and like, we we give out like ten percent of the stuff that people like send us. We give it to like customers, like, but mostly we just keep all of it. For I'd say maybe you shouldn't say that on this podcast, but either, nobody listens you know, to it. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to hear this Jess and the rat, rat of mouth of Paramount? Well, it's not that we just keep it, but like nobody wants your garbage. Nobody wants your garbage. Yeah. You send mugs and hats. Yeah. Oh, everyone condoms. wants a mug. Yeah, yeah mugs. Yeah. Like mugs Don't send condoms to a children's yeah, place. But like 13 to 15, that's actually like well, where they need the condoms. Yeah. You know, Pacific Rim. Like <sighs> like, they need to know, figure out what kind of sex move that is. Yeah, the Pacific Rim. Yeah. Unrelated, last night, the only picture I took uh, 
between the reading and all the drinking was in the stall at the rocking horse. It just it's my favorite bathroom graffiti of all time. It just says butt stuff. <laughs> oh my god. It's broad as just like Sailor Moon. And she's oh. European. <laughs> and she's currently being stalked by hundreds of men on the internet. Oh, I'm sure. Oh. Oh God. We good. should just like turn this off. Why did she just come out? But I kind of want to see her fucking skate. <laughs> Look at those bags under her eyes. That's hot bags, actually. No, oh, come on, Robert. <laughs> she's 15, dude. I think bags under eyes are hot. Ugh. You should go to this jewel then. You ever seen jewel bags under her eyes? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start easing in the movies. Aaron, you saw oh my God. Shape of Water. I did see the Shape of Water. Yes. Related to Pacific Rim because. Del Toro. Passed on doing the sequel so that he could shoot Shape of Water. Oh, really? He passed on doing the three posters that got <laughs> so that he could he do did. that. He did. Um, Banging a fish man oh. movie. Oh, my God. Have you seen Shape of Water? Um, I will say I like that movie. It's super weird. But it is... Probably the most overrated movie that I can remember ever coming out. It does yeah. not deserve to be nominated for any award at all. It deserves no Academy recognition. It's fun. It's weird. It's cool. But like compared to like all the other movies that came out, it has no fucking place. No. It should have premiered on like the sci-fi channel. I mean, really. Yeah. That's accurate. On, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Double feature. Cloverfield Lazarus and. Paradox. Shape, paradox and the shape of water. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I love Guillermo del Toro, but I, I feel like he like makes no. this mistake all the time where. Style. Yeah, like, he can't, like, decide, like, what kind of movie he wants to make. Like, it's either, like, fantasy or horror, but he, like, tries to skate, like, this fine line between the two, where if he just, like, went one way or the other, it would be, like, 100% better. Like, Shape of Water would have been fucking amazing if he just made a straight-up horror movie. But he tried to, like, make this, like, whimsical, like, romance movie. And then it made, like, all of, like, the dark shit kind of out of place. Yeah. And it didn't fit into the movie. I feel like he really tries to pander to, uh, like, American audiences. And that's what that, like, skating is. Like, I feel like he wants to make this, like, dark movie and this, like, weird fucking movie. I don't know. But I feel like with Pan's Labyrinth, he, like... He did that movie so well. Like, from the trailers, you thought it was, like, this beautiful, whimsical, like, fairy tale. And then you... 
got into the theater and it was none of that it was a super fucking dark movie someone gets like beaten to death in like the first five minutes or whatever with a bottle and then it just gets fucking worse from there and yes you have like these weird whimsical characters but it's super fucking dark the whole way through and very depressing but I thought it was effective for that movie where with the shape of water was just weird and out of place and I think we like (laughs) we talked about this in the last podcast like the whole idea of this movie is fucking insulting yeah and Lambert sucks it does not (laughs) I still really like that movie that's fine I still like Akira you fucking shit all over that the children in Pan's Labyrinth they kill children in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. I mean, in uh, Akira, they kill everybody. Well, yeah, it's like different. Your description of that is pretty much like how I feel about the Hellboy movie, where it's like it could be this like oh awesome, yeah weird fucking movie, and then he just like goes into this like weird romantic yeah. With, like, he always fire, like tries to like broad, skate that line, yeah. You know, and it's just like it it's distracts from. Shit. Yeah. Which is like Absolutely. Like fucking being awesome to kitties and playing. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. That's all that shit needs to be. That's all that movie needs. It was. I will say it was like really effective for Crimson Peak, though. Like, that was like the perfect balance of like creepy, weird, and romantic. But like, still like on the weird and creepy side. It was like a ghost story, but like also a love story. But it was like a fucking weird, twisted love story. You haven't seen that yet, have you? No. I mean, and it's beautifully shot. Like, <laughs> he knows how to shoot movies. Like, they look pretty. All style over substance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're all beautiful, but it's like. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you don't feel. I didn't feel anything during all of Shape of Water. Like I just sat there and watched. I was like, okay, yeah, Michael Shan's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It felt like weird. (laughs) Feeling awkward is not like too hard to make an audience. Yeah, um, I did feel like weird and awkward several times during that movie, though. Bob, you seen any movies since the last one? Other than what we're talking about? Uh, I'm still waiting on my movie card to show up. Bastards. I know. Yeah, maybe. I even got an email saying, like, if your, has your movie card showed up? It should have. Oh, I got that email, too. It'll be there in three weeks. Yeah. So I didn't respond. Right. I'm just, like, waiting it out. Uh, I was going to go see Black Panther, but I didn't. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. I'm going on Thursday. We'll, like, talk about it later then. Yeah, we'll just do that whole podcast about it. But I did watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Love that movie. Love that movie. It's so uncomfortable. I liked it so much but it is so yes. uncomfortable yes. 
I, so fucking uncomfortable. I was so uncomfortable in the theater. I physically got up and changed seats. You told me just that. Just so I could feel <laughs> different for a little bit. <laughs> I soiled the seat. There were like, there were so many points where yeah. it was just like, I like, I wasn't like really like super super uncomfortable until Alicia Silverstone started sucking on Colin Farrell's fingers. <laughs> That's where like my just, just whole body just, just like tensed just, up. Yeah, and it just like kept getting worse. Oh my god. Yeah, I love that what movie. What a though. fucking weird movie. Yeah. And like the dialogue is really weird and how like that's, everyone like delivers their lines is very fucking strange. Yeah, he just does like completely deadpan. Oh yeah. No emotion. It's so strange. The lobster was a little bit better about it, but it was it was very similar. I watched the lobster on an airplane. And I feel like it was a dream. But I feel like this movie is the same way. I'm like, yeah. am I having a nightmare right now? Yeah, this it's was a very, very Stanley strange. Kubrick yes. Yeah. It's great. And I love how he just, like, never explains anything. Yeah, no. Fuck it. Just let it go. Yeah. If you explain it too much, you take the piss out of it. Yeah, that's true. We've um, learned that with John Carpenter. Yeah. And... Rob Zombie's remakes. Not nearly as effective. Bitch, can't you see I'm all tore up inside? Oh my god, stop. I like William Forsythe too. That's just, <laughs> I know his name, which is really depressing. Mm-hmm. Not Annie Baldwin or Annie Sullivan. Mm. The miracle worker. Um, I saw a stupid and futile gesture. Oh yeah. Oh, I did watch that. Yeah. With um. Forte. Yes. Yeah. Will Forte. I don't know how I feel about that whole thing. I like. I feel like the cast was like pretty good, but like he like openly admits to being fucking super sexist and just like shrugging it off. Yeah. No. It was just like it was one of those things where. It didn't matter what they did. Because, like, I actually paused it and read everything on that scroll. Oh, okay. And it said that everyone was way more sexist and way more racist than they're putting on in this movie. So it's like... Well, yeah, I mean... I've watched those movies. They're super white. Yeah. All of his movies. Super white. Yeah. No female characters of substance. No. It, like the only female character in Caddyshack I remember is the girlfriend who gets pregnant. Like that's her whole thing. Mm. But I also haven't seen Caddyshack in a long time. Yeah, me neither. Um, I liked like collectively like twenty minutes of that movie, but I watched the whole thing. I it's like a standard biopic. And the moment they tell you, like it's super meta, but that doesn't make it any better. And then mm. as soon as they tell you all the things they left out, it's like. That's cool, but like he's still, he was still like a piece of shit. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah, this is one of those movies where it's like, well, what he did for comedy was more important than who he was, but is it really? Yeah, I mean, uh, not a fan. It left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm kind of surprised by David Wayne for that because he's usually a little bit better when it comes to like. 
No, never mind. Well, he's funny, but he's still a dipshit. David Wayne is. Yeah, you're right. He's funny. Yeah. But he's still kind of a dipshit. David Wayne. I don't. Like, I don't know what else he's done. He did what? Hot American Summer. Oh. He's like the director of the uh, state. Okay. Yeah. He did role models. I did like that Stella. movie. Wait, he, I like that movie. he did role models. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do really like that movie. I don't know Stella. What's Stella? Oh, Michael Ian Black, Michael Showalter, and David Wayne. Michael, Michael, and David. Oh, the show. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did see that. I saw them in live at the Vic Theater. It was the funniest show I've ever been to in my life. I'm sure. Wait. I, uh, what was the movie that they did? Uh, uh, the Baxter? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. That was Michael Showalter. Yeah. You talking about the 10? No, I'm talking about uh, they came together. Oh, you're tripping <laughs> your balls off. Oh, I don't know those. They came together was oh, wait. one of my favorite David I, Wayne films. Oh, I hated that movie. Oh my god. It was a Paul Rudd movie. It was? Yeah. It was a Paul Rudd movie. It was Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. But they came together. Oh, I don't know that one. I love Amy Poehler, though. And Paul Rudd. It was like, it was uh, kind of like, it was a, you know, like a play on. Harry Met Sally, I guess, hmm. which I've never seen. But every, I've like, seen enough of it. Yeah, I've seen enough of it to get every scene. In the, uh, sure. That reminds me, we were supposed to do brain candy for one of these episodes. We shouldn't do brain candy because it's actually not very good of a movie. We did see that, but we talked about like rewatching it to see if it's did the test of time. I don't think it did. It, do, it does. I'm not. sure it doesn't. Also, it I was thinking not. of Wonderlust with Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston, which Ooh. is also a David Wayne movie. Really? Yeah, I've never seen that. It's a garbage movie. It's a garbage movie. I didn't make it through. They came together. I thought it was a uh, total, total <laughs> dog shit. Like, you know what? Uh, I the first so, time. The first time I saw they came together, I thought the same thing. It was total dark shit. But the more I watched it, the more it kind of endeared itself to me. I don't think it's like a good movie. No. But <laughs> um, it's it's a funny movie. And and like every little moment is like a fucking hilarious little fucking It's a bunch scene of giant of romantic comedy cliches. Yeah. Like yeah. I appreciate what they're trying to do, but the only thing I thought was funny was, was Christopher, Christopher Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. Shit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's like every David Wayne movie is like the best part. If Christopher Maloney yeah, is exactly. in it, he is the best part. He, You know he has a cameo in Role Models. No. I've never seen that movie. Oh. Well, he has a cameo in it. <laughs> well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure David Wayne like made Christopher Maloney and then like Christopher Maloney is just paying it back still <laughs> by like being any. I think no. Christopher Maloney got made on Oz. On what? Oz, the HBO Prison Show. Never watched that. Uh, was that before Wet Hot American Summer? Yeah. Oh. Oz is old. 
Was um, it before Wet Hot American Summer? I, I don't know if that's accurate. It was, yeah. I was watching it and, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe you. I feel like I have an encyclopedia when it comes to that stuff. I'm not proud about that, though. It's all fucking useless. Um... Yeah, Oz was on from 1997 to 2003. What How American Summer, I think, was 2001. Yeah. The first one was out? Yeah, the, the, original, the original movie. What's the matter? I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure what I'm looking at. Uh, well, we're still recording. <laughs> I feel like I keep like unplugging this thing, but I don't know which one's supposed to. To be lighting up. Are any of them lighting up? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a light, but it's always on. It's not, <laughs> that, means, that means it's on. <laughs> if the power's not going through, it wouldn't well, light up. Well, I mean, I just like it unscrews, and I don't know if that... Oh, like that a piece is... That's fine, if that one turns. That's supposed to turn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, come around. Well, I, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter, because we're... Also, the, the last lady, what did she get? Dude, she fucking got first place because she yeah. fucking killed it. Oh, okay. Robert's only one paying attention now. Right. No, I That's why the, I said I to turn it off. I, I like went to the bathroom for a very short time and she was already done. Look at her titty. And she stayed in the same place. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was pretty great. It was. <laughs> yeah, they practiced that. <laughs> They just, she just did this spin where she like completely bent over and her oh like titty God. was the only thing at the top and stayed in the same place. That was amazing. Like I, I don't that's is that crass? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Specifically the word titty. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Well, tit. Oh it's just my one. God. So we were <laughs> talking about hard eights and Robert also hates women, <laughs> apparently. I, I well, I shut up. <laughs> so Wait, she's first. Doesn't mean. Yeah, she's first. Is she the fifteen-year-old? Um, one of them's fifteen. Mm, that, they're all the teenagers. Russian was, Oh my god, just turn it off. <laughs> this is an army commercial. That was for football. That was for the World Cup. Why did it say army? Official sponsor? Mm. Garbage. Alright, primer, hard eights. Let me start talking about it. What are our movies this week? Or this podcast, whatever we're doing. This is Aaron Rose has never seen it. <laughs> what haven't you seen this week, Aaron? I haven't seen a lot of things, but this week I have seen Primer and Hard Eight. Tell us about Hard Eight. Hard Eight is Paul Thomas Anderson's first feature length film. Um stars Philip Baker Hall and John C. Riley, but also has like the best cameo 
of Philip Seymour Hoffman's mullet that I have ever seen. Bigger roles are Gwyneth Paltrow and Samuel Jackson. Who cares? Overshadowed. I really like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I love this movie. Um, I can't believe this is his first film. It's beautifully shot. The storyline's fucking fantastic. It has a great cast. Granted, like, everyone's well, a baby in it. Yeah, everybody's a baby. I feel like, well, it's so well, yeah. <laughs> the other film. Yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like it was, uh, you know, it, it was a product of its time. You know, it was, uh, he was doing this, like, weird uh, quasi-like mob, uh, like, Las Vegas, like, crime movie. And that it was like the 90s. He wrote it, I think he wrote it in like the early 90s. And like, this was like fucking uh, Scorsese was doing like all the mob shit. And like Tarantino was fucking doing his bullshit. And so I feel like it was like a, like a product of its time. They both but, still are doing that. Yeah, yeah. No, they all are still doing that, except for Paul Thomas Anderson, though. Yeah. Uh, he kind of grew up a little bit. And I feel like this kind of follows. I feel like it was a great, uh, like, first movie, whether it was intentional or not, but, like, he, like, got it made because, like, it was this fucking, like, you know, like, silly mob movie. And then people were like, oh, this is actually good. See, I don't see it as being. Yeah, I don't. Well, it's not not like a silly mob movie, but, like, it follows all the traditional, like, PT things about like redemption yeah, and forgiveness yeah. and all that shit. It has like it has. He's not a mobster. He's just a dipshit. Well, yeah. It it has these like elements of like you know like Las Vegas and you know Atlantic City, Atlantic City and like the mob and like the you know like all these different like the elements. I don't know if like the, the mob is really involved in it at yeah. all. Well, Philip Baker Hall was like a like no. A mob, like, you don't know that. Jimmy tells Sydney that he knows his friends, but that's not really, it's not like implied that he's part of the mob. But it's also interesting. This is like the only note that I wrote down. Jimmy tells like Sydney that he knows his friends, Floyd Gandali and Jimmy Gator, who Philip Baker Hall ends up playing in Boogie Nights in Magnolia. Which I thought was pretty great. Yeah, maybe not like the mob, but like. What is that? Play Doh. Really? Needle gave it to me. Oh, it sure is. No, it's more like swingers. No, don't no. fucking relate this movie to swingers. Don't do that. No. He's just, he's the high That's roller. He doesn't actually. He's just one of those guys who's just like. Oh, this is what your apartment smelled like when I first came in. <laughs> yep, that's it. It was like I feel like the the whole the themes of Heart Eight were okay, the this the, the, the <laughs> yeah, typical I just themes don't notice anymore. of like '90s movies. It's you know, totally like it. Las Vegas and like you know 
of like that. The lost or like the nineties like underground like crime movies. But it was totally a Paul Thomas Anderson movie about like relationships and people. Okay. I'm like watching and and like while I'm saying this, I'm watching the figure skating, fucking fantastic figure skating, and Aaron Rose smelling Play-Doh. Play-Doh. She's got a fucking awesome outfit. Those black gloves. Canadian. The Canadians are fucking killing it this year with ice skating and ice dancing, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. What'd you think of her titty, Bob? Oh my god. Stop saying titty. Please cut that movie out. Or that. The whole movie? Please cut that word out of this whole podcast. Can I just keep in the first part? The first one? Just one. Just one. <laughs> just like that lady. You right can. <laughs> only one. She only has one that counts. She only has one gold medal today. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, I'll cut them all out. Um, Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson was the youngest director to have his like movie and competition at Cannes because it was Hard Eight. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know that he got fucked around by the producers. Yeah, and then like Cannes fucking saved him, and they're like, "Well, we will consider this movie, but only if there is a director's cut." Right. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, he also got screwed. Well, this is. It was supposed to be called Sydney yeah. originally, yeah. and then like the producers thought that if it was called Sydney, people would just think it was about Australia, which I think is fucking ridiculous. Producers are idiots. Um, yeah. The intro <laughs> where they have all the title cards. First. And that's why your movie will never get made. I make my own. I don't need them. Obviously. The whole idea of. Us making the movie is that we hold on to the rights and then we just sell the distribution rights. So no matter what, we own the product. That's the only I way mean, to do it. It's going to be way better than anything else, too. Yeah. But um, I saw this movie for the first time like in the 90s, I think. It was. I think it was still the 90s. Cause it was on Sundance on Showtime. Okay. Every Monday night, they show like a weird indie movie. And then I went out and bought the DVD, which cost a fortune back then. Mm-hmm. And then the they were going for like, I read they they were going for like a hundred dollars in like the early two thousands because it wasn't like distributed at all. Really? Yeah. I should look for mine. <laughs> Probably. But um, on the director's commentary, he talks about how like the the title cards and the the opening credits in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And you hear, like, it's, like, sort of like the, the Soderbergh intro where you're, like, tallow cards are going in all black and you hear the backgrounds and all the right. stuff going on and stuff. He had to do that because everyone agreed to have their name in the end credits. Mm-hmm. He wanted the movie just to fucking start. Well, he just wanted it to be the name of the movie and his name, yeah. I believe. And then just go straight into the movie. But 
the, like the editor or the line producer hold, yeah. held out. So they had to do the whole. There was one person who held yeah. out. But in Dick the end, you said it was the best. It worked out for the best because it's hmm. establishing the thing. So you just want to go straight to the Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh my God. It's my favorite part of the movie. I mean, we knew that going in. Like, that's the reason I wanted to see the movie. I don't even remember, like, the conversation we had, but I remember. I don't know if I brought up Philip Seymour Hoffman or, like, I think I asked you about Heartache. I think you sent me an Instagram message. And then we just started talking about it because you saw a photo of it online. Yeah. yeah. It was Philip Seymour Hoffman. I saw a picture of Philip Seymour Hoffman. But I also did bring it up because I was mentioning all the other Paul Thomas Anderson movies you needed to see. Mm-hmm. Which now you've seen all of them. I have seen all of them now. Yeah. Feels great. Right? It's <laughs> another thing I'm super embarrassed about. What's that? Not knowing who he was. <laughs> and confusing him with Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers. It happens. I mean... I'm still, like, unsure about Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers, but I'll fucking tackle that later. Yeah, I mean... I To go back to um, Shape of Water, Michael... Shannon? No. Stuhlberg? He was in, like, three movies for last year that were nominated for Academy Awards. He was in uh, Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, and The Post. The Post, yeah. But he, he was, was also in, in A Serious Man, yeah. which until I was driving to get you, I didn't realize was a Coen oh, Brothers movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is keep going on forever. I mean, it can just, yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know anything about movies. Well, I mean, I didn't rewatch Heart 8, so you really have to lead the discussion on this movie because I don't remember I mean, like, specifics, but if you bring them up, I might remember them. I hate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, nobody likes her. I was really hoping she'd, like, die at some point. Her head ended up in a box again? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess... Um, She's got Mormon teeth, this lady. That was the original ending, was that Jimmy sold out John Clementine and Sydney to the guy that they took hostage, and then he ends up like killing Sydney at the end of the movie, and probably the other two as well. That was the original ending? Mm-hmm. I like this ending, the ending of the movie, a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes more sense. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Well, I feel like that's probably not <laughs> real life. Don't open that. Have one of these. I um, think it fits PT style better, anyways, just because Sydney's just gonna keep going on and being haunted by what he did like he's like if he dies like he gets some sort of relief if he just keeps living 
I think, well, I feel like he has relief just, like, killing Jimmy. Spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, I mean. If you haven't seen this movie by now, you're probably not going to. Talk that to was you, literally Sam. you, like, last week. I know. Now I'm talking to Sam, because I know she hasn't seen it. Hey, Sam. That's the sign of you not co-hosting. Oh, that's mean. Um, I'm just going to say titty right here so I know to edit that part out. That's like the, the edit marker now. Jesus Christ. Today. <laughs> Leave that one in. That's the one that gets... That's the one that gets to stand. Okay. Glad it's mine. <laughs> I don't think he gets any relief. You can't get over murdering somebody else by murdering another person. Theoretically. Can't you? I don't know. I don't fucking know. I feel like you can. The circumstances are right. Remind me never to cross your path. I mean, I feel like you know that already. No, I know. I just, you know, everybody needs a reminder every once in a while. What did she get? 73.15. Oh, the Italian got sixth place? No shit. Should have been born in Russia, kid. Four years, three years younger than I am. <laughs> I liked Heart Eight. Um, my my only like knock on it was like it was kind of like one of those movies where like this happened and then this happens and then this happens. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, you know in fans. It was just kind of like oh like all these things happen and then they this. You know, this is what happens because of this, and it was just like, oh, cool. Isn't that every movie? No, ever? but like, it, it didn't really like make me think at all. I was like, oh yeah, like all these things happened, and then they all like resulted in this, and I was like, okay, I get it, but it didn't really make me think at all. Do you wish it was a little more like Cloverfield Paradox, where like <sighs> nothing had to make any sense? Are you just talking shit to me? <laughs> Let's talk about primer. This was your pick, Nicholas, which I'm surprised it wasn't Robert's. You didn't like this movie? Mm. It was okay. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I watched it twice. <laughs> just to... <laughs> try and make sense out of it. That's okay. But I felt like it was more of a Robert pick than a Nick pick. Well, for me, like, time travel, time travel movies are all the same, you know? They all don't make any sense. 
even okay. the, the most factual or quasi-factual. Theoretical. No, I really like this movie. I like that, like I like the idea that you don't know exactly what's going on. It's sort of unfolding in front of you. And then I like that moment where dude goes out to talk to Aaron after mm-hmm. he goes to reset it all. And then he realizes that Aaron knew about the reset box and already went back. I love that moment. He just stands there and then he just goes you trying to say that he just keeps having the original conversation even though dude mm-hmm. isn't having that conversation anymore i like that moment the little little switch yeah i also like that the little bit of narration you have doesn't help you at all no not even one even bit yeah <laughs> it just like makes it make less sense until you watch it like again yeah. And again and again. Too much thinking. That's how I felt about this movie. But for being shot on a budget of $7,000, pretty fucking impressive. I also like that aspect of it. I like the fact that, you're, that he was able to make an entire movie for fucking nothing. Yeah. My hospital bills were more than that mm-hmm. from last year. I feel like if you're going to make a time travel movie and, you know, especially in America, you know, your TARDIS is a storage locker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what looks like half I of a pop-up tent that. in a storage yeah. locker. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. Shane Carruth's character just fucking playing him for a fool. Yeah. And I, I could be wrong, but it feels like the whole movie takes place over the course of just three days anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, the reset box is set for three days. So you have all these people doing all these things over all these days, and it's just loop, 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 loop. Mm-hmm. And then you got motherfuckers falling out of the attic. <laughs> Rats. Rats in the attic. They're just birds. You don't kill baby birds, do you? <laughs> oh my god. That's pretty great. Yeah. I like the part where he chases Rachel's dad. Mm-hmm. And then they're both just on the ground. You really don't know what happened to either one of them. Or like what I know. Did. They never like fucking explain any of that. Well, you obviously got in the box somehow. Right. But they don't, yeah. I mean, because something obviously happened yeah. with Rachel that he tried to undo, which like leads into the rest of the movie where they keep going back to that fucking dumb party where the yeah. guy shows up with a shotgun. 
I don't know. It was a good movie, but ultimately, very uninteresting to me. I watched it twice just so we could talk about it, and, like, I very much regret that decision. <laughs> I feel like I could have just, like, watched it once and been done with it. And I'll never watch it again. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just, I took two notes, and one was that, like, the budget was $7,000, and the other one was that Abe's last name was Terger, which is regret spelled backwards. Oh, I never got that. Because he ultimately, like, very much regrets. Your third note is you wish you could set a box 90 minutes in reverse. Oh, my God. About the, uh, the name of General Turgidson. 78 uh, minutes. Thank you. Okay. 78 minutes. All right. 70, well, yeah, that is his name of the Dr. Strangler. It's an homage. I, I respect I mean, we've been watching a lot of Kubrick-esque works lately. Oh my god. This whole week. I feel like I've just been watching like movies that like made my brain hurt. Not Heart 8. Heart 8 was... Um, but Killing of a Sacred Deer. That movie fucked me up. <laughs> I still don't know how to feel about that movie. Yeah, I didn't tell anybody this, but I was so uncomfortable after that movie. I went to the McDonald's across the street from Logan Theater just so I could feel something normal. <laughs> I'm like, this never tastes different. I'm like, okay, there we go. I'm gross again. I felt very uncomfortable. Bob, what do you think of Primer besides the fact that you don't believe in time travel? He believes in time travel, but oh. only like going forward. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean it was it was good. When was the last time you watched Primer? Uh, a little bit ago. <laughs> okay. I think that. Uh, yeah, like the whole. I like the the fact that the the machine was kept in a soap blender. I think it's just kind of trashy and perfect. <laughs> I remember the first time we like talked about this movie it was well before we started the podcast. And I think you brought it up. We um, like 
we talked about having a time machine and a storage locker and it was like right when i was like going through all like those old metal magazines and i sent you like a fucking weird ad like looking for poets or something in the back of like a metal magazine i remember all this (laughs) i remember all this now yeah I've brought up to several people that we should build a time machine in the in a storage locker. Yeah, I had to go back for the pants. <laughs> I'd go back and invest in what pants, pants like Jinkos. No, further back, further back, way further back. <laughs> Early eighties, like metal pants in the back of metal maniacs or. I don't even know what fucking metal magazine I was reading at the time. I was just looking for skulls. <laughs> That's the name of the next podcast. I feel like the episodes would be a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> I love them. It's my favorite hairstyle. Mine's the Rachel. Really? No, I don't know. I don't have a favorite hairstyle. I don't know what to go with. Mine's definitely a scallop. Closely followed by whatever you call Mickey Rourke's hairstyle right now. <laughs> He's great. He's like weird extensions and the little hair he has left. His hairstyle is what's left of a man who should have stopped fucking with shit a long time ago. Crossed with a Pomeranian. Yeah. His hair looks like a mop bucket on a scarecrow. I love it so much, though. Like a mop on a scarecrow. I would love to be his hairstylist. You hear so many stories about Eric Roberts. I don't care. (laughs) Be the best. no discussion about the actual movies on the podcast. I, yeah. Why bother? Look at my notes. What else do I write about? I like that they didn't explain anything with the time machine. Like how it works. They left it like Frankenstein's monster, like in the actual novel. She doesn't say how it's just alive. I like that little scene where they go, like, the closest you get to seeing how it works is them dropping, like, punch hole paper, like, and the little thing and just floats. Well, they, like, put their hands in it. And, I don't know, like, they, like, they both, like, realize they can't, like, write anymore. Yeah, I love that. Towards the end. That shit starts getting scary. And then... 
Well, I watched, like, a YouTube video, like, explaining the whole movie and, like, the different timelines and, like, kind of laying it out for you. And, like, one of the things they theorized in this YouTube video was that, like, because they put their hands in it, like, maybe their hands were affected and were, like slightly behind the rest of their body because of that moment and that like accounts for why their handwriting was super off we're good hmm? i mean but there were also like other things that like happened to them because yeah, of like the sure, time traveling like, like the one dude's like ear just like started bleeding yeah. at one point i feel like that's like i feel like the handwriting is closer to the movie multiplicity where we start making all the copies <laughs> the copies aren't as good as the original so just like i mean they don't know the side effects you got your ear bleeding i'm sure the nerve damage is next and just gonna fuck up your motor skills yeah or maybe they're just like constantly high from breathing all that pure oxygen all the time. Nitrous. Yeah. There's not there's nothing good about that storage locker. No. It ends with like Aaron in yep. a different country. Yeah. But it was like the second Aaron. Yeah. Who just, like, left because the other Aaron wanted to do something at the party. Wanted to, like, tackle what's-her-name's ex-boyfriend. Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. Yes. I, I like that, though. I like that ending. I like that he's just so fucking put that shit over the entire room. That, they like a fucking airplane hanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because of French trying to... Was that French? I don't know if it was French. Yeah. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't do languages. I obviously don't do anything. <laughs> I didn't really like that movie. regret watching it twice. <laughs> I liked it. But not enough to watch it twice. I think I at least seen it twice. Just, uh, super recently. <laughs> I watched it last year. I downloaded it. I just didn't have my... Shit, I probably shouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> just edit didn't it out. My, I, didn't, I, didn't have my, I didn't have my external full of hundreds of films and millions of music tracks I didn't pay for. I tossed down the four bucks today for uh, Amazon rental. I was down with that. Uh-huh. I was $4 to watch Primer. I watched it on YouTube. For free? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it was on YouTube. 
Entire movie. They even had like a version where um the director like walked you through a director's commentary. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Took I mean, a second. Scene, um, I edited it like this and then decided to do this and design it like this and then I didn't watch that version. I don't care that much. No, obviously. Mm-mm. Before we started recording the second half, you said that the trailer for his other movie was already better than the actual film you watched. So we pretty much knew you were into this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. I would willingly watch his other movie. Does he only have two? Yeah, between pri- like after Primer, like it was, he was a really big deal, and people wanted to make a lot of movies with him. And he worked on um, a movie for a long time, actually in upstream color there's a scene where she's trying to edit she's talking about the edit of a film that they've been working on like a commercial campaign Mm -hmm. and they used footage from his lost movie oh so then he left the studio thing and made upstream color and he did all the shit on it and then that was what fucking it'll be four years this year that the movie came out and he hasn't had anything else come out Mm-hmm. But he's working on some weird, like, a lot of people were supposed to be in it, including Ansel Egger, I think, oh. was attached. And he said he just couldn't do it, but he said it was the, I think he said it was the best script he had ever read in his life. Mm. I could be wrong, it was him. It was definitely somebody who was in a movie that came out last year, <laughs> who was supposed to be in, no, because they were doing press for sure. the movie, um... During the summer, I was like, and then it was like every like Keanu Reeves was attached. All these people were attached. It just it hasn't been made. Hmm, it's interesting. It's supposed to be some big epic movie like you've never eye roll seen yeah. before. I don't need big epic movies. I don't feel like those movies ever pan out for the directors. Don't work for Paul Thomas Anderson with Magnolia. I think There Will Be Blood is his big epic movie. No, I definitely think Magnolia is like his opus. I think that's his Altman movie. I wouldn't call that like a big epic movie. It's like a long movie. Mm-hmm. I disagree. It's a night of disagreements. Huh? <laughs> it's a night of disagreements. I apparently. Face is how I feel. This guy? <laughs> no, the dude in the crowd. Oh. Dude going like this. Like the one figure skater's brother. That guy sucks. I can't believe they showed that. <laughs> like when she like missed her jump. Awful. Well, you guys are both silent, so do you have any last thoughts on Heart 8 or Primer? 
No. Robert. Um, Talk into your microphone. Uh, I thought uh, that heartache was a little flat, you know. But, you know, for Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I mean, it was it was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It was a little flat. But the, uh, the stepping stone, you know, he kind of like... What was his first movie? Yeah, I got that by the eye roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I already knew that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's a little flat. But a great uh, you know, base to jump off of. Sure. I like Primer better than Heart 8. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've watched Primer a lot more than I've watched Heart 8. You really like that movie better than Heart 8? Yes. God. I don't know why I'm friends with you. I wouldn't watch. You know what? I would say I wouldn't watch Heart 8 again. I would never watch Primer again. Ever. I would have never watched it in the first place. That's Let's... why we have the podcast. I know. I wouldn't have watched Hard Eight either, but now that I've seen both of them, I definitely I own Hard Eight now. Primer's a movie that you have to watch multiple times. I feel no, like. you really don't. In order to get it, like otherwise, like what's the point of watching that once if you don't want to get it? I mean, but there's no point in getting it. It doesn't get you anywhere. You just hate it even more. <laughs> Don't you want to know where your hatred comes from? No. <laughs> All right. Mister, it's not based in reality because they're going back in time. Well, yeah, I think that's You have to understand why you hate it. You really don't. Don't watch Primer. Watch Primer. <laughs> Do not. Watch Primer repeatedly. Do not. Just watch Paul Thomas Anderson movies. You'll be better off. But only watch Hard Eight once. I've watched it, like, three times, at least. It's in her five-disc DVD player in the trunk. I actually only have the digital copy of it. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't get the DVD in time to record this. It's worth watching for both Seymour Hoffman's amazing hair. 
<laughs> and like he improvised all those fucking scenes. He has one scene. Well, I okay. He's in the movie for like three minutes tops. But still, he like impro- improvised. It's a good three what? minutes, but like you can't sell a movie on a cameo. Can you though? I can. And that's a pre. I totally could. Yeah. That was where he wasn't anything. He was just like. He but was, he's he was, so good. He's not anything he was now. Craps boy number one. Nobody's anything in that movie. Well, that was like Toilet Baker Hall's comeback movie. Before that, the only thing I remembered him being in was uh, he played a detective, a library detective on Seinfeld, like during the first. Or I was just season. gonna say he was on Seinfeld. That's what everyone knows him from. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like now I kind of remember that. Well, he was also in Boogie Nights and Magnolia, yeah. which was after this movie. And then you know, what was he in before that? I never looked it up. <laughs> I like it in these movies. I was, I was okay with that. I was just, I was watching this. I was like, that's the fucking library detective. Uh, when I saw his name, like Booker or something. Hmm? I'm Seinfeld. Oh, I don't remember the name. When I watched Heart Eight, I was like, oh, like, he was in Magnolia. Jason Robards. <laughs> no. The other old guy is dying. One of the multiple old men dying <laughs> off in that movie. It was Jimmy Gator. Yeah. Was one of his friends yeah. in Heart Eight. His friends are just identical pieces of shit. I mean, I don't feel like he was a piece of shit. You don't know why he killed fucking John's father. He might have had a really good reason for it. Aaron Rose has never seen it where you can justify a murder. <laughs> Just like looking at things from all the, every side. Unless one of those sides is out the second box in, pa- in primer. <sighs> Primer like tackles every side of every story, and it's not a good story. Hard eight like leaves something to the imagination. Like you don't fucking know if Sydney is a good guy or a bad guy. Kind of leads you to believe he's like somewhat of a good guy. I with bad tendencies. I but you his motivations the whole movie though. Also, don't know what John's family was like. You just know that his mom like recently passed away, and Sydney took him under his wing. You don't know what his fucking dad was like. He could have been a piece of shit. Maybe Sydney had a very good reason to kill him. Killed him in fucking Atlantic City. What reputable characters hang out in Atlantic City? Sydney hangs out there. 
No, he doesn't. Not anymore. Anymore, because he committed a murder. Well, I prefer to think Sydney is a good guy. Okay. Even if he's not a good guy, he's like definitely like atoned for his sins or is trying to. And I think succeeded mostly. Aside from killing Jimmy. But Jimmy was also a piece of shit. Deserved to die. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he just was just there to, to protect the, you know, like the good people that like went out. Well, but are they good people? No. It's just like a fucking cesspool. <laughs> like some it's like a group are... of people you'd find in any Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Yeah, some are better than others. But they're all still like very likable, which is something that only Paul Thomas Anderson can do. Make you. Fucking love the fucking pieces of shit. What about Scorsese? There's no, there's not a moment in Goodfellas where you don't like the three main leads until they literally start getting, like, just murdering each other. I do really love that movie. I just yeah. watched that recently. Fucking Ray Liotta is a huge piece of shit in that movie. Oh, yeah. But it's just like every turn of that movie. Still likable. Yeah. All right. Last thoughts? Hungover. Yeah. No. Twenty four hours later. Yeah. Twenty four plus hours later. After everything I had to drink, I'm still like pissing egg yolks. It's gross. Um Oh my god. I just want to be I just want to be properly hydrated. Um it's the worst visual. You're welcome. Ugh. God damn it. Um, yeah, I don't know. The past should stay in the past. I'm Nick. Oh. Aaron's going to be sick. Aaron's going to throw up. <laughs> Thinking about you pissing at Gil. I've said this oh, before. I've God. said this before. I don't think you have. Maybe not to you. I've said this to a bunch of people. Oh. 
That's vile. You're next. Uh, I know these types of varieties. Regular variety. And I'm Robert. Ugh. I hate both of you. I'm Aaron Rose. Do not watch Primer. Watch Primer. Watch Heart Aid instead. Watch both. <laughs> Just watch Heart Aid. What? I'm editing all that. And every other Paul Thomas Anderson movie. They're all way better than Primer. Watch Primer. Do not. This, none of this is making it in. You need to say something else. Whatever. I'm Aaron Rose. Suck my dick. <laughs> this is Aaron Rose has never seen it. Watch Primer. Watch Primer. Watch Primer. Watch Primer.